0: Hi, and welcome to the Rags to Richie show with myself, Terry Blackburn. So today's guest is a good friend of mine called Adam Collard. He is a personal trainer, uh, but to give you an idea of the calibre of his, how good he is at personal training, he's sponsored by Reebok, Boohoo Man, Muscle Food, knocking on a million followers on Instagram, uh, being on Love Island. He's got his own gym, does online stuff. And I think he's got quite an inspiring story that people will want to hear. Um, because the Rags to Riches show, a lot of people might just associate that with money. But Rags to Riches for me is going from nothing to something. And Adam has got a, Adam will tell you the story, but I think he's definitely got a, a story that you can relate to and take something from. So welcome to the show, Adam Collard.
1: Yes, Des, thanks for having us. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be there
0: good 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 to see you man good to see you i'm currently in isolation and i train with adam and i can't train with adam at a minute so i'm a bit frustrated to <laughs> say the least sitting in uh, isolation but um yeah thank you for coming on you
1: hot sorry Got some home gym workouts on the cards but i just hope that you're doing some sort of squats and lunges because i know what you like with the legs
0: <laughs> i hate legs yeah these chicken legs don't get worked out much <laughs> um but thanks for coming on mate i appreciate it so um like I mentioned, I think Adam's got a, an inspiring story, and I think people can relate to it. So there'll be some gems in here, and hopefully some people will be motivated and inspired to get fitter, to get more into fitness and turn, turn their life around a little bit in regards to the health. So what I want to start off doing, Adam, is talking through the sort of three parts of your life so far. So you've got the start, which is typically your upbringing and how you got into fitness, the middle part... Is the growth part obviously setting up your own gym, the online stuff, the love island, the followers, and getting into the shape that you're in now. And then the current is what your attention is on and what you're looking at going forward. So, do you want to just tell us a little bit about that start part first, Adam? Just about you um
1: getting it. Into- yeah, all good, all good. Let's go for it. Um, so I suppose start from my personal journey first, anyway, from like my fitness journey, why I why I wanted to get into it. I was a normal kid. So uh, going to school, having a good time, trying to do all them things, being good in school, classes, all of that stuff. But I had a bit of a, I, I hate when people come on like these type of things, podcasts and Instagram and YouTube videos and have a proper sob story. You see it all the time. But like, you know, like I always say this, like if you're the kid that wears glasses, you're going to get picked on for wearing glasses. If you're the ginger kid, you're going to get picked on for being ginger. If you're the fatter kid compared to other people, you're going to get picked on for being the fatter kid. So that, that was me. Like I was, I was a little bit taller than everyone. Like I'm six, five now, but like I it wasn't, it wasn't so much, but like I stood out a little bit and then obviously I carried a little bit of extra weight. So I seemed to, I seemed to just get into bother all the time. And I was like, I singled out for that. And one of the things that always got to is from, and I'm going from like eight years old, all the way up in 16 was like, I was slightly bigger. I was the bigger kid and like people just could tell that. If they were going to have a go at us, that was going to be the thing that got to us. So people, you know what it's like in school. It's brutal. It it is a bit Mm -hmm. savage. And like, whether it's high school whether it's middle school, that was my thing. So I'm not going to cry about it. I'm sure people have got way harder stories than me and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. essentially, it was a bit of like negative reinforcement that got me into being like, I think I got to the age of about 15, maybe 14, 15. I went to my first boxer size weight loss class. And it it was as simple as that. It was, um, I remember coming in from school and like there was one day where like something had got said and I remember I was like crying at my mom and like my dad was like a ex-boxer. So he was like, why don't you go to this boxing club and like try and just use it as weight loss. You don't have to fight, you don't have to do anything, but just do all the circuits with them. So it was really like a, that was like my sort of from nothing to jumping in both feet and being like right 14, 15 years old, sick of being overweight. You're getting into high school there where you're in like I think year 10. And that's when it starts getting like really savage. So I just wanted to not really defend myself, but just look look the part at least. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, So had about a year, year and a half of solely trying to just lose weight. And I had like a pretty bad relationship with food. Like I was I would like starve myself, then binge and then repeat because you don't really know as a kid. Like compared to my education on nutrition now, what to sort of do? Um, so it was solely because of negative reinforcement. And to be fair, everyone who was asked is now, and I've actually seen some of the people in school that gave us a bit of a crap time. And like, it's I bet, they,
0: I bet they don't anymore. Nah,
1: <laughs> honestly, when especially when I especially when I went on Love Island, and I'm sure we'll come on to that a little bit later. Like certain people, like. I remember, I remember tweets and seeing people from these exact people being like, "Holy shit!" Like, we did yeah. not read. like it. It's funny because like one of my best friends, Ryan, who you know as well, he's like, "They literally created a monster because you went from one extreme to just yeah. being the next." And standing here now, it's I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it's happened. I think something like that has to happen to trigger. Yeah. It was almost an accidental passion. So, from that point, sort of uh, was in the boxing sort of scene, and then I got a bit of like got a bit like I was losing weight and I was like a bit skinnier then for once um and then one of my friends was like oh why don't we start lifting weights and to be honest I didn't really like I liked the boxing but I didn't love it I wasn't like crazy about it but it was just more motivation for losing weight so about like 16 years old where we both went to school and um, one of the lads one of it was a couple of years old I was like come and do some bench press and went with him I was absolutely terrible, so weak. But I was like fairly conditioned at that point, um, and sort of just fell in love with it. And I was like, God, I really like this. And I liked the. I didn't really like the the training side of it. I liked the process of like right, four sets of ten at this weight, and like almost being a bit of a mathematician with it, mm. like being a bit academic with it. And I was like, right, if I can't beat people with genetics, I can beat people with like the science behind it. So I like. I went through and I was like just like going to bed and I was like googling stuff and I was googling like these these guys who were like stacked but not just like meatheads that had like PhDs as well. So there's a guy mm-hmm. called Lane Norton and he was like one of the first guys who was I think he won the one of the world records for like bench press or squatting, but he was also a doctor. And then he also wow. brought out like a nutrition book. And then there was these there was these couple of guys um who were were just like the stereotypical meatheads and i just fell in love with it so i started basically just using myself as a guinea pig and i tried everything i tried horrendous stuff i tried like no carbs i tried keto i tried all these crazy diets like fasting the full lot but just basically learning and learning and learning and um in the midst of all of this was essentially me i I was actually quite academic i think i got like a and b in like biology business all right um biology business maths and art believe it or not i didn't have any sort of sport background at all and um getting pressures from a family that maybe have not been the most academic and like i was the first one to get into university or like one of the first ones and you can probably relate to this as well like you the automatic default thing is you've got in you have to go to university and you have Mm. to do accountancy you have to do architecture you have to do business or something like that now business I actually am inspired about. But the other two, I was like, I just thought that I had to do it because I got the grades. Yeah. So in the midst of my fitness journey, like from 14, 15, 16, then I'm getting into like getting into uni, 17, 18. And I was going down to Leeds and I went to to go to Leeds to go and do this university degree that I knew I was gonna hate for three years. And side by side had this passion that I was getting better and better and better. And people were starting to, like, sort of take notice. Like, people like you and people, like, in the older years at school were being like, God, like, we should just pay him on the side and, like, get him a trainer. And I didn't have a clue. I didn't know you needed a qualification for it. I didn't know you needed, like, PT insurance or anything like that. And then I just started taking cash off, like, these two old blokes in the gym. And they were just, like, just come and train, me on your free three really? and six four. So, obviously, giving an 18-year-old, like, 120 quid a week, when he's used to working seven pounds an hour in like a stupid like retail store or like a, a waiter and job or something like that. I was like, so I'm making this much money in three hours instead. And obviously then I'm going to go and force myself to be a student and live off nothing for three years. And obviously I actually went down elite Leeds for a month. And I remember like ringing my dad and being like, I'm, I'm going to sack this off and I'm just going to come back up and try and start a PT business and find out about it. Awesome. And, um, uh, that was pretty much it. The rest was history. Sure came up to Northumbria University and came and did like a really intense three month. I think it was every weekend for three months. You had to be in Saturday and Sunday. Um, did the PT qualification, got the legitimate stuff, and obviously at that point as well, I'd made a bit of a mad transformation. I went from being like the overweight kid at school to being like six five, hundred kilos, ten percent body fat, and everyone was like, <laughs> "Like it was this guy?" Yeah, yeah, they were they were just a bit like. Oh, I was making a little bit of noise, and obviously at the same time as that, amongst all of that, it's the first time I've ever been let in the nightclubs. And you just like the first time that happens, you know what it's like. You're like in the girls, you're in a, you you just you want to just go out constantly, don't you? So yeah, obviously, starting yeah. a business, I'm mingling with loads of people. I look completely different, so people didn't even notice us before. They thought I was just a completely new person, even though I'd always been around there. Mm. And. And then, like, I started just picking up clients for fun. So that's how the business started. And I remember I had a boot camp of, like, God knows how many people in, like, Darris Hall, Pond, and then started going and working in one of the gym groups, which is just basically, like, pure gym. Yeah.
0: I just just want to pick up a couple of things that you said there, because I think people can definitely relate to a few things that you said there um one of the first things you said was about like the adversity so you had you felt like it created a monster as in you were this kid it was a little bit overweight a little bit picked on and all of that you know that that maybe spurred you on do you, do you feel it when you first started training that was like in the back this is why you were doing it it was like because i, I need to change how i am because i want to stop that the adversity getting all the shit that that kind of spurred you on by the sounds of it massively is, is that fair to say
1: I think it's yeah, it was I've got to say, like I think I've still got a little bit of it. There's a touch.
0: T- just about to ask is it still there? Because a lot of people have similar things like that throughout their life. I
1: spoke I spoke about this with obviously my girlfriend Josie the other day and she was like, You are like a bit nuts because of the way you got Tret, because like you still even at this point, even like now that you've made it, you look like the way everyone wants to look and stuff like this. She's like, you're still mental. Like that you've I've never seen anyone so motivated to train and like I just do it. And it's it's just because I think that those negative like situations that I was put in then have made me have constant motivation. Definitely.
0: It's got the you've ignited the fire and and yeah. I think once you once you act in that way for a certain amount of time, it just becomes part of you, doesn't it? Now you probably just it's not like oh I need to get motivated to train today. I know what you like. You train bloody twice a day and
1: yeah. seven
0: yeah. days off the time. Like it, it's not motivation, it's just part of you now, isn't it?
1: you know what it is It's very similar and i think i've heard you say it before it's like oh you'll never make any money you're from there and like or like with me it'll be like you'll never be the kid in shape you're like that or like you do you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah. that it's just that one sentence and it just sticks with you forever
0: yeah no i'm completely with you and like you say i was i was told don't set up a business don't do sales don't do all this and you're right it, you get a bit of a chip on your shoulder don't you and you think That's you know what I'm, what I'm gonna prove all he is wrong but if you keep trying to prove people wrong for long enough, you can't stop. Like you've got that momentum, like you have now. You're just gonna continue and continue. I think that's really relatable because I'm sure the people listening and watching would have had some form of adversity in their life. Um, a couple of other things I picked up on what you said. Um, you said you got a little bit obsessed, or you were studying these. You know the the bodybuilders and the but there were also doctors. Do you still feel that It was maybe that adversity that pushed you into it. You got a little bit obsessed. And then is the obsession there as well? Are you still researching all the different techniques and nutrition plans? Are you still doing that now?
1: So every... I mean, this is not like my girlfriend, again, I'm going to use her example. She hates us at night because on when we go to bed, I'll put YouTube on and I will watch certain things from people that I sort of respect. And, for example, last night I went and watched a 25-minute video on this guy who was in the CrossFit Games and he trains a little bit. weird. he's called, like, the scientist. Sat there and watched that. Like, I'm not watching Netflix and watching stuff like yeah. that. I mean, I do to a certain extent. And I have the odd shows that I like, but I was just like, no, nah, no, nah, I want to watch this because it's been released. So I think now it's probably, has, I'm probably kidding myself if I say it's calmed down. It's still there, but like at the start when I was fresh and I was a sponge, cause I'd like to think that I know a hell of a lot more now. It was just like mm-hmm. relentlessly like every night I was like, right, what can I do for me and then what can I do for people and how can I make it similar to understand because if he he's great but he doesn't talk the way that I do so I can make it accessible for the average person and one of the things that and I'm sure you're going to ask us about business and stuff at the in the same time like one of the things that I say at PTs all the time in my gym that work sort of like with me and underneath me and stuff like that I'm like don't speak to people about what you care about like as in you want to walk on your hands and you want to do 140 kilogram deadlift like joanne who owns the 10 hairdressers in newcastle who's got all the money she wants to just lose five pounds so talk to her about things that are going to help her lose five pounds yes you might want her to do that to get there but you don't have to tell her that talk to her about the things that she's going to relate to yeah things that are going to click in her head she doesn't care about doing handstand push-ups and stuff like that she could yeah do you know yeah
0: and and, and i think I was Going to touch on that at the end, but I suppose we we'll talk about it now. One thing I'm just going to sort of praise you for is like, so well, I'll give you an example. Some people in who work for me said I told them where I train. A couple of the girls went, Oh, I couldn't train there. I went, Why? Oh, he does all their mad snatches and all this mad stuff. I went, Yeah, but if you actually go to the gym, it's not just people might think that about your gym, it's not though it's not just these mad, super fit athletes, there is people who you know, who are a bit older. There's people who just, like you say, just want to lose five pounds. There's people who just who want to get really strong, get really fit as well. But I think just to endorse you a bit, I think like regardless of your stage or your, your aim, you're that good to, to design the strategy to suit them. And mm-hmm. I think it's not just because then we see you doing all the mad stuff you do online then I think everyone at the gym does that but it, it's not like that is
1: it it's it's really not it's like the 2% and i always try and i would say my my biggest effort when i do social media is trying to show people that there's a scale for everything or yeah. trying to show people yes like i i can do the bloody gymnastic rings i mean very not as not as good as a gymnast Olympic gymnast but like i'm doing these things upside down on rings course it's going to be intimidating so we try to like yeah. I definitely consciously try not to put that on. I maybe put it on stories because it's cool for me and I like want to keep track of it. And it does look cool on Instagram and stuff yeah. like that. But I yeah. do not do that with anyone else. There's probably about three people out of like 500 people that come in the gym doors that actually can do that. Yeah. So it, it's, one of, it's one of them. It's a constant battle between like, you want to be proud of yourself and you want to like impress people, but then you also want to think, give someone something that's relatable to them.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Anyone definitely. has got some people like, like I have my grandma's one, do you know what I mean? I would have a because she needs to get out of a chair. Like she wants to be able to get out of a chair for as long as she can in life. And that's the that's that's the that's the most that's the best thing about functional fitness.
0: Love that. We'll get onto the, the functional fitness as well because I definitely want to talk about that. Um but yeah, I think that's that's really inspiring again, just that star part, You kind of st- you stumbled into PT and sort of just by being asked. So, how has it went from being asked to to do pt by two old blokes to then one of the biggest gyms in newcastle i think i know you're looking at new facilities and all that but um how's it went from that to owning your own gym and then the love island thing i don't know if the if the gym came after love island or it was before or what but if you could tell us a little bit about that i
1: think that would be interesting um so what happened we went into so i got to that point where i was like starting to like I just got qualified I was started to turn a few heads I was getting clients and also a gym in Gosforth opened which was the first like Gosforth by the way for anyone who's listening who's not there is like quite a affluent sort of area like there's quite a lot of disposable income there's about there's a couple of places in Newcastle there's not many but there's two or three um, and there was a the gym that opened there so straight away I jumped on that because there's no PTs there there was There was 12 new people that were picking who were fresh. I got a job there and by job I mean they'll take anyone on because they basically essentially want you to clean and do the crap jobs for 12 hours a week for no pay and that counts as your rent but obviously me being an 18, 19 year old lad that's perfect because I've got no outgoing straight away so went there and started like taking all my clients and taking all the people who had like been texting us and been messaging us and all of that stuff saying like, oh, I want to train with you. So eventually have a base, I have a venue to do that at. Mm -hmm. And there was 12 to maybe 15 PTs. And I didn't really appreciate it at the time, but now looking back at it, I was doing so much more than them. Like I, I had about, my prices weren't exactly what they are now but like I was doing at least at least eight hours a day every single day Definitely. for however however long. And it was like, and I mean, all of them eight hours were filled with one-on-one PTs, which are an hour long. And some of the days I was doing 10s and 12s and stuff like that. It was crazy. Like I, I, there was some days where I was resting on purpose because I had to, because I just was doing that many steps on the gym floor. And I didn't really realize, but there was just a conveyor belt of PTs that were coming around us because people were trying it, failing. And not really having the gift of the gab, not being able to like speak to people, not being able to train people, not the PT course, right? The PT qualification, it's getting a Any, little, anybody
0: can do that pretty much, Connor, which is a bit of a I,
1: I would put 20 quid on you taking the test now and passing it. Like that's how that, and you know what I mean? And actually, yeah, anybody can do it, yeah. Me for help, you know? And I would still, I have a very good idea that you would still have a go. And that, first of all, that's not good because it's not good enough for me for someone who now looks for staff because anyone can do it. But mm. the the reason I was ahead of the game is because I spent all the nights in bed, like once I was in at nine o'clock watching YouTube videos on my phone from mm-hmm. them guys. Yeah, yeah. I actually knew what was going to work. It wasn't just, I didn't just have the piece of paper. Mm. So anyway, built up a massive, massive client base mm. and then moved to a semi-private facility, mm. which was called Aurora Athletic. Um, yeah. And that was basically the jump for me because it was a little bit more in town. It was a little bit more central. And for once I could free up 12 hours because I could pay a monthly rate of rent and I could justify it because I had like 45 plus clients a week or hours or whatever you want to call it. Um, so moved to another private facility. And again, that one was a little bit more like Instagrammable friendly and the social media craze came out. And again, me being, I think the guys that I was working around there were like 27, 28. And I was still nineteen, twenty at this point. So what do you do? You're automatically, because you were a little bit younger and a bit, you, you, you jump on a social media. So I started like posting videos and posting workouts and just really, really going to town and making sure right, every day I'm going to post once or twice. So made sure I did that and then got even more clients and started having like people who were all around us, whether they were training with us, they had been training with us at some point and just built up a bit of a portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, did another year there so it was like a year and a half, two years and then I got to the point where this gym where I was working was actually going down the pan at the, tam- at the same time Um, I remember like being there and thinking like where is everyone I was obviously rent paying my rent out of like five different PTs which were doing the same but they obviously weren't doing that many clients and I was just yeah. Verbald, like more and more PTs um. And then long story short, look started looking for units and um, started looking for places to set up my own shop and um, took a hell of a lot of time. That gym actually went bust um, and just went empty for a little bit. Mm. But I actually had to try and move back to the gym that I was before. Oh, shit. Um, and then eventually the unit that I was working at, that private facility was open to let and I went back and got it. And completely ripped it out and started again.
0: And is that where Sculpt is now? That's where Sculpt is now. All right, oh class.
1: So the unit was empty. The unit, or like next to empty, it still had some of the stuff that was left from the last place. And it was like a shell, you know, like it was a real industrial unit. like white breeze blocks as walls. You'll know what I mean, doing housing, yeah, so, yeah. literally breeze blocks. So, and you'll see if you want to look at the gym now, like what it looks like. We just ripped it out, started again, put a second floor on, made, got all of the best equipment um, and started the gym. So started the gym in April 2018. No, we started the gym in January 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, kicked it off there and then i pt'd and then funny enough in april 18 got my first call for love island and also it was that that close together i didn't know that crazy so i think the gym was open for five months four months and then yeah the gym was open for four months and then i was like i can't do this i've just opened a business it would be it, like i just don't know what's going to happen like yeah I might, I might be away for ages and um, at this point i had two friends that were sort of in as pts who were like working with us and doing the whole pt run thing with me Mm. which was good so i had two there and then i was just it was a hard one because i was like then it got to like six months and like it was like right if you go on love island you have to go on now like you have to make a decision and it was one of them things where i was like right i can either like this could either kill us because i'm going to leave the gym and we might lose clients in the meantime and it might flop because i might do nothing on the show or it'll either blow us up. I'll have loads of followers. And then in the long term, we might get sculpted online. So I was always forever, like, even though I'd only set up a business and it was still in its first year. And I think the day that I ended up going on, it was like July. So it was like just hit seven months or something like that. Mm. But I ended up going on then for nearly 12 weeks. Mm. And At that point, I was just, it was a constant risk. I was like, you can't do this in your first year of business. You can't leave the business. And to be fair, I probably worked seven days a week in that place for however, since the day we opened. But then I just thought, I've just got a feeling that it could really pay off. So then went on Love Island and then that was it. But the gym was open first. and then
0: I I think, again, there's some things in there that people can take from what you just said. I think taking risks, it's always obviously risks, or risks are risks on there they could have easily went the other way couldn't it but i believe anyway in business and in life look fortunes the brave and i think sometimes you have to take risks and sometimes you just said it as well like trust your gut your intuition isn't it if your gut's telling you this is the right thing to do um and obviously look what happened it clearly was the right thing to do i think um i think that's fair to say but but yeah i think that people can take from that sometimes taking risks get you to where you want to be and your gut feeling can um for me anyway certainly a lot a
1: lot of the time it's right yeah Um, it was one of the only things it's funny as well I obviously i would say like i I look up to my dad a lot because he's been quite successful in business and stuff like that and uh it's the first time we've ever argued like really bad about he was like don't go on that you can't leave your business it's a first year of business it's like the unwritten rule you just don't do it yeah yeah um but he didn't under Like he's mm-hmm. never got an Instagram account. He's never. He doesn't follow yeah, us. He doesn't understand this. And like I was, it's the first argument we've ever had. Where after me coming back and him seeing it, um, he was like, "You were actually right." It's a yeah. Was thing. that
0: was that a good feeling? You were like uh, proved your wrong.
1: There's <laughs> time where like he's like. It's, it's funny it's you know what it's like dad's dad's all yeah. right it's, it's, it's
0: coming from a protective place so isn't it my, my parents and my grandparents told me not to do self-employed sales when i was 19 yeah and i fought with them and and, and now half my family work for me you know yeah, so yeah. it would prove to be right same same thing isn't it it's coming your dad's saying that from a protective place isn't he because he wants to protect and help you um yeah i love that love that so, um, obviously, when when I when Love Island, things obviously boomed from from there. Obviously, you're following. Tell us about what, what it was like getting out because, <laughs> like, that feeling of Mebby's being so well-known, was that a bit of a crazy feeling? What, what was it like day one coming out? What was that like?
1: Um, So, one thing straight away, which will try and help you comprehend, which I've never experienced ever. So, when I got my phone back, I plugged my phone in, hundred percent battery. Pulled it out, hundred percent gone straight away. And battery, charge really? it again, hundred percent battery gone. Charge it again, the third time, then my phone came on because there was that many pings that, that everyone. You know to think right? You know to think, and it's so funny every year because the status isn't come back right. Everyone comes out the comes out the bloody woodworks right. Mm. Says the the best mates with you. Says. It. <laughs> Everyone has a Facebook status being like, oh, supporting Adam, like, knew him loads. Of, like, he was always one of my friends. Everyone looks for like a picture, an VIP" picture from when you were 18, 19. That's 20 like, years ago, yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Where they've like, try to be best mates of you. Like, it's just ridiculous. And then obviously on top of that, I came out and the first person I rang was my dad. And I was like, like, what's going on? And he was like, look, he's like, you've done amazing, you've done really well. Like. And you, you've got no idea how big this show is. He was like, "Yeah." there was one time where I think he was like, there was like a time on Twitter where you were trending more than Justin Bieber when you were like in the, nice, yeah, just crazy. Um, And he was like, you've got loads of work. You've got loads of jobs. Like the gyms were fine. Like that was one of the first things I asked. I was like, how's the gym? Like what's happened? Is it okay? And he was like, it's not probably doing as well as what you are, but it will when you come back because yeah. oh, everyone's speaking about it. And I think even the gym's followers went crazy as well. Um, But I remember like getting out of, getting out of the villa, the actual villa when you're on TV, obviously everything is filmed 24 hours in delay. So when I'm, if I got kicked out on the Thursday night at nine o'clock, you wouldn't see me get kicked out on the Friday at nine o'clock. Well, obviously right. word, traffic, word travels fast in the media, so they don't allow you to have your phone until nine o'clock on the Friday night. So you have to have this right. villa for a day in between, um, which is like, you've got like chaperones, you've got people looking after you they'll go and get your food and stuff like that. And it was actually good crack Cause we all got, I got knocked out on week six of eight, like just towards the end. Um, with three other people so it was quite nice because I had three people with us but yeah to be fair they they didn't really do that much so they didn't really like I think that out of them three they might have had like a hundred thousand followers and anyway mm-hmm. I was winding the the chaperone up who's the girl that like works for ITV that looks after you and I was like just tell us how many followers I've got tell us how many followers are and she was like I'm not allowed to tell you man I'm not allowed to tell you until I've got that I was like just tell us give us a rough idea and like everyone who came into the villa as they came into the villa like the first thing we used to ask them was what's the england score because it was when england were in the world cup the, oh, really? not the one actually the Euros, not the one that's just passed two years ago
0: yeah,
1: obviously, the yeah, one yeah. That we did then and then the second thing was it was like who's got the most followers out of everyone so anyway i came out and this security guard like a bouncer who was in the villa protecting everyone mm. um Left his phone unlocked on the table, like while we were all pissed and like we were yeah. getting Because bear in mind as well, you're only allowed two drinks, at two drinks in Love Island, and you are essentially on holiday. So I hadn't per, drank what,
0: per, per, per night, you're only allowed two, two drinks. Nights, per night. Read, I didn't know that. All
1: right. You're allowed. Do you know the mini wines that you get on trains? Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, with one glass bottles. Yeah. You're allowed two of those, or you're allowed two San Miguel's, or you're allowed two Castellos. <sighs> So mate, like I, because two does nothing. I was just like, I'd rather not even bother. I'd rather just yeah. not even bother. Um. So it's the first time as well that like, the first time I've heard music because there's no music in the villa. So for, imagine you've never heard a song for ten weeks, right? No songs. Imagine you've never had more than two drinks in ten or eleven weeks because obviously you've got a week before and a week after being mm-hmm. in the villa, um. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this security guard left us. So I was like rattled and I was like, just search myself on Instagram. And I had, I had 550,000 followers. And what was it before you went in? So it was, it was 12 and a half, 13K. Oh, crazy that, isn't it? So I had 550,000 followers. And then I got my phone back 24 hours later because I'd been kicked out 545. Five, and I got my phone back on the Friday night and it went at 890,000 in one day. Jesus, and that, that was just because crazy. Of the show. It was absolutely nuts, and then um, all of the stuff started coming. Like I had an agent um, straight away, who was working with us, and he was like oh we've got you like a nightclub appearance he was like you've smashed it really because you're classed as like the bad boy so you've got the most nightclub appearances out of anyone where i was like what i was a bit stressed i was like what do you mean bad boy is that bad and he was like no basically he was like you're the lad that has like messed up messed about a few girls like by accident whatever nobody really knows it anyway but like that's good because like none of the nice lads get the nightclub peers anyway yeah so he was like, I was like, what do you mean a few nights? And he was like, well, we've got your 135 nights in nightclub straight off the bounce. So you start on Monday and it was Thursday. So I had four days to go home, try and see my family, try and see people, go on Caroline Flack's Sunday night show on ITV sun, And then on Monday, the first nightclub appearance, we went at, we went at midday and we did a pool party in Marbella, which I got paid for to be there for one hour and then got flew straight into Peterborough in a private sort of like... Mercedes, black car, all the way to the airport private, do you know what I mean? And then going straight in. Into-
0: but that, was that not just like, you have to like almost pinch yourself a little bit thinking like, what what has my life become? It must just be a crazy, and I bet you there's very, very few people have ever even experienced anything like that. Is it just, did you even know what was going on? Did you like it? Did you, did you just run with it because it was happening? Did you,
1: like, what was it like? I think me being me and I think you would be the same if it depends what type of person you are I can understand why people struggle with it but like me I sort of like bounced off it and reveled in it a little bit and I was like maximize this for like the most I can Uh, and sort of like use it for all I can for like as long as it lasts and then once it settles down a little bit and to be fair like like walking around town now like there's a few it's mainly kids and it's mainly people who are like three years younger than me like they'll yeah. still take the odd photo with us. like it happens now but nothing compared to what it was at the start
0: at the because uh, i mean you were just nationally massive weren't you everybody yeah. knew you and yeah
1: and you still get like moms and stuff and like it tends to be like older women who watch the show more and yeah. who i say older not really like anywhere from like 30 to 50 and then if it's not 30 to 50 year old women it's like kids um yeah. and like you'll get the odd comments and you'll get the odd like people speak to us and i know they sort of know now but they sort of just leave us because it's been like a couple of years yeah. now yeah um but like at the start like you you can just do nothing essentially
0: it's a crazy cr- it must be a crazy feeling that um so, so you got back um jim was booming um jim's still doing really well following went up hugely got all these sponsorship deals as well which is amazing um, So if we look at the current now, so if we look at where you're at now in business and the stage in your life, what is your sort of attention on? Because I know you do, obviously you've got the sponsorships and you've got the online stuff as well. So what are you looking at right now and going forward in
1: terms of your world, your industry? Uh, So I try to to keep everything separate, as in the businesses separate, to try and make sure that... You, i think when you've got a couple you can always go get into the bad habit of one carrying another whereas i want all of them to do well so like i treat myself as a as a different entity so like anything that is me is like individually me so that's like nocko, that's reebok that's boohoo man that's muscle food and that's essentially just that's the influencer. i hate that word, but like that's the that's the stereotypical love island adam so that's like yeah. that part of me the second part of me would be the gym, which is obviously being my baby. That's actually what, to be honest, when people think that I'm thick because I've been on Love Island, that's actually what I'm good at. You know,
0: yeah. you're definitely not thick just to sort that one out. Yeah, yeah. you're not.
1: Um, but like it is a bit of a stereotype, but that's everyone on, on Love Island comes, comes out of the Love Island and like thinks they're a fitness expert, which does my head in, by the way, because yeah. like when I was in, there was like me and Frankie Foster and maybe one other person who could like actually train the rest of them. Just anyway, everyone does a plan. Mm. Full of shit, to be quite yeah. honest. Yeah, Like I had a gym. I did this for years. I worked for Reebok. I worked in CrossFit. Anyway, so the second business would be the gym, which is doing really well. And it's at a point now where for the first time, like I wouldn't say it's running itself because you've always got to be on the ball. You've always got to be hovering around because people have very, people have a lot more motivation when you're still there. Yeah, but um true. the the gym's doing well and we're actually now at the point where we're looking for a second facility to try and make it a little bit more public um and i think one thing that i would love to do this is this has going big but at the same time this is what i've always done look forward is like i would love to franchise it if i could and roll it out and show people how yeah. to do it um and the third thing is adam collard fitness online which is essentially sculpting all the stuff we do in the gym, but on an online app, on an online program software, and that's something I would say that's where my main focus is now, because at the end of the day, like when I was on the gym floor, realistically, if you're really you're a heavy hitter, you can only do twelve hours where and you hit twelve people. Maybe some of them got pairs or couples, but like the online is limitless. So I think right okay. now we've got we've got anywhere from two hundred in. It, it hovers around, but like anywhere from 230 to 280 people on an online subscription, which is like a pay per monthly thing, and then a few higher end, higher ticket clients who, yeah, are on online and basically trust in the sculpt process. But for that love
0: that, love that. I, I love that you're forward thinking as well. I think, I mean, I don't know this accurately, but from the outside looking in, there's a lot of people who have been on Love Island to get the followers, probably make a few quid. And then the dwindle off They have either haven't invested the money or they maybe spent it all or done whatever with it. Um, you seem to have your head screwed on and you've invested it, you've you already had something before Love Island, which I think is important. Um, and that's only just that's mm-hmm. only just helped that grow, hasn't mm-hmm. it? And, and you're clearly obsessed, you're clearly passionate, and you're clearly good at what you do. And when you add money to that and a status to that it only flourishes doesn't it i think um which is great to say man you deserve it and and i think you know the the franchise thing if you put your mind to it there's no reason no reason why not is there um for your type of i was going to talk i've got a couple of specific questions but just on the type of training that you do because it's not quite bodybuilding is it it's not quite crossfit it's like a a mixture is that is that fair to say
1: yeah so we we essentially call it like fit building or like functional fitness whatever you want whatever you want to call it and um, it's a hybrid essentially of all different training domains um. so obviously going back to when we're talking about my journey and stuff like that throughout these years of me me trying different things and training different ways I went through little phases of like right I was like speaking to the best person who was a powerlifter and I was like basically trying to steal ideas from them and then I was, and this is business, isn't it? You've got to, you've got to go somewhere and get a bit of inspiration before you try and make something. Um, then but I was-
0: Don't, like, don't, don't reinvent the wheel, they say, don't they? You just copy what works, put your own spin on it, which is exactly yeah. what you've done.
1: So then the next thing I was going and I was like, I, and this is probably one of my biggest influences. I was with bodybuilders for a while, like, proper meatheads, but I was like, I know they are a little bit like that, but they're doing something right they are doing something right to be training at the yeah, yeah. and get results. So then I took that and then put a little bit of science into it. And then I wasn't doing anything crazy, but I was just like trying to apply the two. And then I got into like a bit more of the CrossFit sort of scene. And I was like, right, this is good. But like, there is some problems with it. I would say where like, there are some coaches that don't perhaps look after the clients as much or something like that. And it was, and basically, it just went in all these avenues, and I was like, right, I can try and put this together a little bit to try and make it less intimidating. The entry level is a little bit lower, so it doesn't intimidate people. And still, I'm still trying to work on that, like what we talked about when you, gills, yeah, are, girls yeah, yeah. work, um, and trying to combine everything to maximize results. So I would say every person and every. Every person and every client that comes into sculpt now, whether it be online or whether it be in the gym, we can look at them and without like trying to tell them too much, we can either be like, right, that person's a little bit skinnier. Let's push them towards that those types of classes and those types of trainings. That person that that one that person's a little bit overweight. Let's try and like let them do what they enjoy. But then if they start like slacking on that class, let's try and push them a little bit into that way so they get. The maximum results because we know what's coming, we know what the programming is, and basically you're just trying to. You've got all these tools at your disposal, and it's really weird the fitness industry. And I think this is one of the main problems. And like I have, no qualms in like holding my hands up and saying like I do a little bit of everything. Like bodybuilders hate CrossFitters, and CrossFitters hate bodybuilders. But like both of them could help each other, and then you've got powerlifters and you've got strength trainers and like they hate each other and then like and then all all of them are like it's like cults it's really weird it's Mm -hmm. like you've taken someone from school who like maybe like had a rough time and then they've, they've been part of something so then they get really obsessed about this one thing whereas those could actually help from a little bit of teaching from them and those could help from a little bit of that so essentially what you're doing is you're putting it all together and getting the best product
0: yeah i love that i love that and um There'll definitely be people listening who maybe you've been at the gym. They do one type of training. Normally, normally will blow up to its weight, isn't it? They do the same weight training for years and years and years. The plateau, but then they're not very flexible. I love the word functional. Yeah. That, that, that is exactly what our look at what you do is. And I've trained, obviously, at gyms for years. at had different PTs. Same shit all the time. Weightlifting, a little bit of cardio. But then with you sitting in your garage at the start, didn't we? And you like beasted us, and I was like pissing a sweat. And I was, but then after like a month or so, like I felt more flexible, more loose, more I don't know, just light on my feet and everything. But I was gaining muscle and losing fat at the same time. Um, and I think you, you, the, the word hybrid is perfect as well because it is a combination of everything. Why be Why be the bodybuilder who's muscly who can't run and is dead inflexible and stiff? You know on the, on the flip side, some of the gymnasts that well, yeah, gymnasts are mostly as well, aren't they? And they look good, yeah, but it's yeah. a, a lot of you know, there's if you I can't you combine them all, I think you're right. That, that, that's the what you mean. we're
1: actually doing a lead magnet at the minute, um, with sculpt, which is going to be free, but essentially, and it's because of the process that I was in as well. And I find that a lot of lads around my age, or maybe a few years younger, were in, and it's going to be, um, it's like 15 easy workouts. To get you started from bodybuilding into functional fitness um and that you can do in a pure gym so essentially when i i was i would say the stereotype that i was was i was a bodybuilder and i was single-minded i was like oh yeah this is the only thing that works this is the only way to train that's a,
0: that's a lot of people though isn't it a lot of people are yeah. still
1: like that chest on a monday shoulders on a tuesday back on a wednesday <laughs> hip legs on a thursday because you can't be asked, Arms on Friday. Like <laughs> and like go on the piss saturday and sunday and that was the mentality whereas like when you actually look at the science and look at the evidence it's so it's there's so many more effective ways to train even by the simplest thing of not doing doing chest and back then legs then shoulders and arms and then doing it again you're doubling your workload it's like you're getting straight away so that's the simplest way to explain it so we are trying to like roll that out and give it to people who because i funnily find when i travel and obviously I still do quite a lot of traveling. If I if I ever have to use a pure gym or ever have to use a gym, I'm like, God, this is still a lot of people who like don't, who could just have one tip and like change so much to them. It's everything. Yeah.
0: Love that, man. Love that. Um, thanks mate. Uh, I just got a couple of specific questions. I think just before we do, I think that <clears throat> your story and journey there, I think is great. I think fair play to you as well. Um, and I hope people can relate to some part of that journey, whether they're, little bit overweight or they're not that the fitness levels that they want. And Adam's mm-hmm. proof and every, you know that you can do it with the right coach and the right strategy, the right training um, and commitment. I think you can you can turn yourself around, Con. You can turn your life around and sort of get fit out for you better, for sure. Absolutely. Um but you look looking at some specific questions I've got quite a few to be fair so we'll just do a couple of them. Um what advice would you give to um two different types of people so the first one would be someone who's just really unhappy with the weight and then maybe he's not they haven't done much gym work or they've always struggled with the gym what advice would you give that person then what advice would you give a person who has plateaued a little bit so maybe trained for a while but they're not really getting results so um just from your expert opinion what would you what advice would you give to those two types of people
1: the first person who is the person that doesn't know how to get started get started is just get started and progress with anything. So progressive overload is the only way to improve, and it can be anything. And people think, right, that's going into the gym and it's doing chest press from 30s to then 32s the next week. It's not. It's getting right. You look at yourself right now. You sit in an office and you're doing 6,000 steps a day. Get me that. Get that to me to 8,000 steps per day, and stop drinking fizzy fizzy pop straight away. Fizzy pop, fizzy soda, whatever it's, it is. It's yeah, I know what you
0: mean,
1: yeah. pop. Um, yeah. pop is very jolly. Um, yeah. <laughs> two things like that, you've progressively overloaded your life, your life, not just the weights room, not just that, right? Get started with anything, whether it be walking, whether it be a little jog, whether it be like use your dogs to help you help you get out more. And those sort of things, like it starts as simple as that if you're someone that is really overweight and then it is all relative. Like think about the person that you are. And what I would say the best thing to do is, right, write everything that you down in terms of health and fitness per week. So the reason I say that is, write down what you do for exercise, write down what you do for general day-to-day activity. So do you walk, do you not walk, do you do many steps? And write down all your food and start just writing three columns and then just say, right, which one's worse? Which one can I do a little improvement with? And it could be something as simple as, right, I'm gonna cut out going to Starbucks for 400 calorie Frappuccinos every day. And that, for someone who was really first out starting, it will make a huge difference. Then the second okay. thing, like increase my steps. Then the third thing, I'm going to go and try the gym. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to go into my class and see how I find it. And even if I only manage half, I've still burned half the more calories than what I would if I was sitting at home. So that would be that person. The person who's plateaued um, very similar to the person who was starting, what I would say is, I always find people are like being like, right. Oh, but I'm always dieting, but I'm never seeing results. But like, are you quantifying that? Are you actually really dieting or are you just saying that you think you are, but you're not actually, you haven't got a plan. So what I mean by that is right. Think about your calorie control. Think about your calorie intake Are you, could you be doing something elsewhere or are you doing something subconsciously that you don't realize that is affecting your, the biscuits in the office that you're not actually tracking, but you think you're eating healthy. They add up fast. The calorie drinks, the, the Cokes, the, the coffees are actually one of the most common things that I find. People are like, Oh, I'm eating healthy. I'm eating healthy, but they're having instead of black coffee, or instead of even a flat white, which isn't that bad. They're having them frappuccinos that like you have two of them. You've nearly had a day's food. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and someone who's plateaued, what I would say is having a structure with the gym. So, not going in and thinking, I'm just going to walk in and make some foot when I go there. Like, what, what? what is it like when you come to me? I have something written on the whiteboard, or like I yeah, have something there When when i Right, the goal today is to do this, this, and this, and then see how hard we're going to do this circuit. And just by having a goal, just by having a list, just by planning things in business, the same as that, you will go in with much, you will have much more of an intensity than if you were just making it up on the spot, because you're not sitting cool. between.
0: Love that. A couple of things again. I just want to extract from what you said. There's, um, I talk about this a lot with my team in business, and it definitely applies to fitness as well. It's something called the Kaizen Principle. So, the Kaizen Principle is about incremental improvement, as in little steps or little bricks, we we'll call it. You know, you can't just build a castle or you can't just go from fat to skinny. You can't, you know, brick by brick. If you lay a brick every single day, you'll eventually have a castle of you slowly start to put your calories down and do more exercise, more steps. You'll eventually get to where you want to be. But I think too many people think it can happen like that. They think there's a magic pill, don't they? Where you're fat fat and all of a sudden you have the pill and then you look like Adam Collard. It doesn't work like that. You've been training since you were 14, 15, whatever you said. Um, But yeah, incremental improvement. It applies to business. It applies to life. It applies to fitness. It applies to everything. You can't go from zero to rich. fat to skinny overnight it's a it's a long process isn't it
1: yeah absolutely
0: um love that mate. thanks for that um just got more questions um so was it you know when you applied for love island was that part of that a business decision as in you knew it would boost what you were trying to achieve at the gym or was there another reason why you why you you wanted to go on
1: um so first of all i didn't apply i actually got headhunted someone found me oh
0: they came you all
1: right they they found me they found my instagram page and the guy actually found (laughs) out that i'd broken up with my girlfriend at the time and jumped on it because i he'd actually asked us to go on jordy show and i was like not not a chance to be honest because like
0: he made the right move there like
1: yeah don't get us wrong some people have done great off it but i think the boat had sailed like the last people i do got off that were chloe and sam and I don't think anyone will do that now, now that they have done well off that, like it's done. Yeah. Um, What was the question again? Uh, so, yeah, was the
0: business. reason behind it? Yeah. Cause was it all business or was it something else? Or-
1: it was solely, solely a business move. I wanted yeah, to stay in there for longer. I wanted to get followers. And then I wanted to think, right, how can I help all these million followers do something with school? That was it. Nothing else. I couldn't care less about girls. And to be quite honest, that's me not being derogatory. Like, we live in Newcastle and like I'm a young lad like who goes to the gym and stuff like that if you want to go and get a girl or something like that you want to try and find a new girlfriend you go to town and you go on dates and you go on go stuff like find that go yeah. on a TV show with like that was a business move it was me to get myself somewhere else and hopefully help it help my life in every way
0: that's fair play and, and you know I remember at the time actually when when you were on there was a lot of people like saying, oh, why has he done this? He's this, he's that. And I went, you know what? All these people are just jealous because they couldn't have got on. Or, you know, why not take that chance and take that risk? What's the worst that can happen? Even if it went really bad for you, people would have forgot by now. Do you know, know the f- in, in, you in, know in this thing is?
1: The, um, so one of the producers came in and told us they were like right at the end like everyone was celebrating stuff like that it was like if you want to think that you're special right now he was like some of you didn't even apply you, you got headhunted right you could fill Wembley Stadium 15 times with the people who apply not the people who got headhunted with the people who just apply you could fill Wembley Stadium 15 times and the only people that actually get in are one team's dugout on the bottom so the thing about Wembley, right? The only people that get in is one team's dugout and all of the team. Do you know what I mean? It's, it was crazy. I remember him saying that.
0: I think it's crazy that they even headhunted you that, that looked into you that you'd split up with your girlfriend and everything. It's obviously, there's obviously they look for a certain type of person doing that. And, and, um... Just look
1: at the Instagram pages and it'll have like terry blackburn tv casting and the follow you on instagram so what he'd obviously done is he'd followed us for like two years prior and i must have been putting girlfriend girlfriend photos on holidays and then all of a sudden i must have went three months with nothing and he must have just like clicked it in his head. head yeah crazy
0: man crazy fair play to you um thanks for that mate uh, last question um so the show is called the rags to riches show you can be rich in monetary terms you can be rich in time rich in health rich in loads of different things so what does being rich mean to you
1: i think i think being rich is a couple of different things one would be being happy which is cliche as it sounds i think you need to be and it's one thing that i'm trying to learn now and manage my time more do do more things like this and not think i'm too busy for it all the time and not think that i'm too busy to actually enjoy myself And then the second thing would be a bit more of an income sort of situation. I don't want to ever ever have to worry about, like, not being able to go somewhere on holiday, like, as if I can't get somewhere. I don't want to worry about, like, simple things like, oh, I can't eat out at that restaurant because I need to save money. Like, I've never really had to worry about that since since I started in the PT game and I really went for it. I would say that's one thing that has been, like, a blessing to me. I've never really had to think, like, I can't afford to go out and eat i can't afford to go out with my friends this time whereas like that is i'm sure you've been in the same boat like you've text people and they can't do that like quite often i can do spontaneous things and not really have to worry and to be fair i would say that's that's being rich to me i don't really need anything more than that
0: love that like when people go to these fancy restaurants and they get the chicken who gets the chicken get the steak Oh, it's thirty quid. Get this day like. But, but no, you, you, I, I love that, mate, and I relate to that as well because some people just think it's purely about money. But but money, money by itself, if you have no health, no friends, no partner, no family, money doesn't matter at that point, does it? But if you've got friends, family, partner, and your health, you add money to that. It makes these parts better because you can do yeah. these nice things. But solely money alone doesn't make you happy. But it certainly I think I'm definitely happier that I've got a few quid than if I was skint. I think I'd be happier, that makes sense.
1: I absolutely agree. And I think anyone that tries to not say that is full of shit.
0: And they're skint. The people that say money doesn't matter how skint normally are. <laughs> um, love that, Adam. Thank you so much. If people want to reach out to you, so if people want to join Scope, they want to do your online stuff, um, they want to just reach out to you for advice or whatever, what's the best way for people to to find you?
1: um so, if you want to join the gym in Newcastle, and I promise you, I will not make you do any handstand push-ups or ring stuff, Um you can go on Instagram and it is at Sculpt S C U L P T underscore. And um, it's also in my Instagram bio. My Instagram bio is just at Adam Collard. All of the online stuff tends to be through both of those. So, like Adam Collard, you can just go in the link of my bio and it's adamcollardfitness.com. Um, we do a seven-day free trial pretty much all year round for any of the online training programs so whether you are um the functional fitness program whether it's male fat loss male bulking up or on the flip side female fat loss female tone and build and you can do any of the programs for free for seven days get a little of an idea and it directly does believe it or not still come to my phone i have people working for us but it still does every single message comes to my phone and we spend maybe an hour block a day replying to people so it is as close as you can get to me personal training you from wherever you are in the world love that Uh, and apart from that yeah you can follow us on instagram and i'll do some crazy stuff i'll do some more normal stuff and i will pretty much be there in half of my clothing
0: <laughs> You'll have the next hundred thousand girls now. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> um, no, thank you so much, Adam. um And just to back up what he's saying, you know, I, I've used the guy for a while for personal training. Top notch, great service. That's the online stuff and the in-person stuff if you are all local. So get in touch with them. Top bloke. Um, thank you, Adam. Have a great rest of your day.
1: Thanks for having us.